0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me today. Um, I, I, I've been following your work for a little while now. Uh, I'd be interested to know a little bit, first of all, uh, about your background and how you uh, came to be looking at the things that you cover in your writing.
1: I think, you know, I was uh, I was a history major. I got a law degree, practiced law. Uh, I kind of didn't, um, you know, I kind of lost faith in, in corporate media. And so I was always kind of researching other things. And I was interested in testing, kind of doing my own inquiries, because I had seen stuff when I was in D.C. that wasn't really reported or wasn't reported accurately accurately upon. So I was always kind of looking at stuff. And then I was researching 9-11 and things like that. And uh <clears throat> kind of led me off. I never really thought I would write a book. And uh, I did. And I, I, You know, I really was kind of like... Why isn't anybody talking about this? Even in the alternative media, alternative media, weren't talking about it, things that I thought were important. So that led me to researching Crowley's connection to 9-11 or his ideology, his numerology. And then I researched uh, the West Memphis Three case, which is a big criminal case here in the U.S. Mm. And then Crowley's influence upon uh, culture. And that was Children of the Beast, my book I published in 2014. And i did a documentary in 2017 about what's known as the smiley face killers i have five documentaries on vimeo and uh, cult hollywood two on the smiley face killers one children of the beast and another uh, cult 9-11 and then uh my most recent book is is global death cult so i was i was kind of interested in seeing if this stuff was real like you know people talk about or say that satanic panic or there's loaded terms conspiracy theorist or stuff like that and i think a lot of that is made by some people who don't want you to research that some people who haven't done the research and they don't believe it's real so I, i think that that's what led me to write those books with a lot of footnotes is like there actually are people that think this way or or you know i don't think it's it's common but there are people that are into the occult so uh that's kind of like the arc of kind of a short coverage of all the stuff i've written and working on it mean, now i work for ed opperman i was uh, a producer for him for three years and then started my own podcast and i just i just passed like the 700 mark so i've done 700 different interviews i've been interviewed and i'm interviewing other people as well so uh, i've got a lot of stuff and you can hear me kind of ramble on or drone on on all those subjects to profit of evil and West Memphis Three. I just did a show on the West Memphis Three just before this one. So.
0: Oh right, uh, yeah. I I noticed you uh you spoke to Chris Knowles about it quite recently as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He did some excellent research that I didn't know about. You know, there were mysteries. There's still a lot of mysteries in that case, but I think he is he was on point about uh, the druidism involved in the actual murders uh, May 5th, 1993. So. He's always done good work. It's interesting, like. I'll to be researching a subject and and popping on, and then I'll end up at the Secret Sun, and then research more, and then end up back at the Secret Sun and stuff that he's already done. So he's uh, he's good, one of the best, yeah.
0: Yes, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so with the West Memphis Three, this is an interesting case because I remember uh, reading about it as a you know a youngster into heavy metal and and that sort of culture, and it was like it was presented as a real case of like a witch hunt of you know these were three innocent lads that you know just happened to be a bit you know a little bit outsider a little bit you know kind of quirky uh, and they got wrongly blamed for this uh this murder case uh, and there was a, a lot of high profile celebrities what got involved at like johnny depp and henry rollins and other people uh, uh, but you know since i've discovered your own work and Chris Knoll's work, it seems like there's a a much more complex uh, and darker story there. I think so.
1: I think it's very dark. And it's, it's kind of inscrutable. It's very hard to figure out. Like when I first looked at it, I watched the documentary on the West Memphis through the first one, Paradise Lost, when it came out in 1986. And I just lost my mind. I figured that they were, you know, and then I heard they got out. That was 2011. So That was August of 2011. I just figured there was some kind of technicality. And, oh, I guess they weren't. So I didn't really know much about the case. What really clicked, made my brain click, was when I saw, when I was researching Prophet of Evil, oh no, when I was researching Children of the Beast, came across a video where they mentioned Crowley. Because I just got done doing years of research on Crowley. So that really intrigued me. I said, I didn't know Crowley was involved in this case. And I figured they were innocent because they got out. So I just like, oh, okay, well, let me figure this out. And I just kept reading. I was like, It was getting back into the occult again because there's so much occultism involved in the case. Blood drinking and rituals and statements, uh, references, and it was all being ignored and still kind of is being ignored today. Like in the mass media here in the States, nobody really wants to talk about activity of the occult. It's dissuaded. You get labeled satanic panic, conspiracy theorist, lunatic. Uh, But it's all there. So there's a lot of occultism. And what's remarkable is that once Eccles got out in 2011, he's right back in it. So Mm -hmm. what some of the statements people said that he was involved or obsessed with the occult, he still, that's clearly his religion is esotericism or whatever you want to call it. But uh, he promotes it. He has followers. He had school, I can think of kind of a school at one point in Salem, Mm -hmm. Massachusetts, where the rich, he, he was attracted to go to Salem. Massachusetts, because of the the Salem Witch Trials, mm-hmm. uh, very important event here in the states, that got this whole nomenclature of like the witch hunt, right? Right. You're on a you're on a wild goose chase after a phantasm. So, um, yeah. So he's very much. I think he just put out another book on magic with his wife. So I think he's still he's still kind of doing it. And he got tattooed with all kinds of occult referenced and symbolic. Uh, tattoos so mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much clear But I mean, they sure make sure people Don't look into that Or dissuade people from looking at that aspect of the West Memphis Three case, which is a, still in the news Today mm. uh, Was just, I mean, they're trying to reopen uh The files Of, of the West Memphis Police Department To get some evidence That's supposedly going to exonerate them But uh, It's more, that that's really a wild goose chase Actually, mm. it's more yeah. So, anyway, yeah, it's a very strange case. The strange, there's strangers. Why are these all these big name celebrities supporting him? Why are they giving him money, uh, large amounts of money? There was uh, estimated to be ten to twenty million dollars raised for their defense fund. It's an extraordinary amount of money that allowed them to get really the best PR, the best attorneys, uh, This appellate attorney Reardon, really one of the best attorneys out there for that. That appellate process after the conviction um so they selected well and they paid well is my understanding mm. peter jackson don't johnny Depp. i mean i think my understanding is they raised a lot of money but the real financial backers to get Eccles out were uh, peter jackson and johnny Depp, is my understanding right right
0: interesting yeah oh it, it is fascinating because it is a you know that an undertone of uh, you know mass culture, there's an occult side to everything. You know, there's an occult side to politics. There's an occult side to uh, pop culture and all the rest of it. And um, it, you know, with with 9/11, you know, when I uh, when I uh, discovered your 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 stance on 9/11, it kind of like it set a, a bell off in my in my my mind because when I visited uh, Ground Zero. Uh, back in 2018 uh my immediate bodily reaction to the whole like the the structure that they built of the 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 sort of it's like a
1: freedom massive, tower or what is yeah, it yeah the the, well, the the freedom
0: or the that where the actual site of the towers oh, like the were squares, right, that yeah. yeah the the square the black squares with the water just draining in like a sort of sinkhole uh my my immediate whole body sense was this is an this is a vortex of energy, and that the entire uh, 9/11 event was uh, some form of ritual sacrifice, or some in, even if just in a symbolic sense, a kind of portal opening. And I could kind of feel this energy draining into this structure. So it's fascinating to discover your take on 9/11, and you've you've made a lot of links with sort of numer- numerology and the the Crowley connection there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the, it's the, definitely the Western esoteric tradition. The giveaway is 93, which is really Crowley's number. I didn't know that at the time. There was another guy. His name was Captain May and really was an early 9-11 researcher. He was in the military. He passed away, unfortunately. A lot of, a lot of researchers died young uh, in this, this regard. But he noticed the preponderance of 11s. He never made the kind of ideological connection, but he could see just 9 11 building the buildings are 110 stories the first plane is an 11 so that esoteric tradition comes through crowley but 93 75 77 175 is really a crowley ritual but it's in the common parlance of who do you adore which god do you adore and you can you can actually listen to like a thin lizzie song and uh he's referenced i think it's called holy war uh where like i perked up like which if you adore me it's basically satan saying if you adore me bow before me and say my name. So that adoration is used in this, that term adoration is used in a specific context. I think that's what the 175 is. But I think even the buildings were built for the purpose of that event, 2001. And I think there's a lot, it's not synchro, it's synchro mysticism, but I think it's even more than that, that, um, that date was selected for a big event. And Ground Zero is a very Even just saying the word ground zero is very strange because it's almost like the use of the word year zero, year zero, or the starting of a new event. So when you see that kind of energy, kind of a spiritual, psychological, psychosphere energy thing, I think it's a lot in there because I think it was a very powerful event. And uh, I think that magical ritual aspect of it, the timing, like if you... Even in the West Memphis 3, like go listen to Knowles. Like, I think he had it down. Like, he had the date, the full moon. So, you're trying to get all of those things in line to get the most magical response. And I think that that date, September 11, 11, 11, 11, 93, all those things together to really heighten and get the energy up. And that's like if you read Crowley or even just the magical practitioners of ritual magic. That's really what they're trying to do is get that energy, some kind of energy, whatever they call energy, chi, or I don't know, whatever mystical name it was. But uh, they were trying to maximize, even Crowley was trying to do that through their use of scarlet women. So you see that sensibility. It's not in the Christian tradition. It's in the kind of um, cult esoteric tradition is trying to get that magic up or energy up. So, yeah, that I mean... That was a eye opener. I didn't like my conclusions. That, like, you really did some numerology in this event. Like, I don't believe the cover story of the nineteen terrorists or whatever, but uh, that whole, actually, the whole, you know, eight years of George Bush Jr. was incredible because there's so many other events at seven seven in the UK. So you can see the global impact, the real uh, global impact. There was almost a war in Russia. I think it was eight eight. If I remember, August eighth of two thousand eight. There were the um, Madrid bombings that were numerological. So strange things. Bali bombings. Remember, these are all strange bombing events that didn't happen after 2008, and I think that's very telling. Like, hmm. There were weird kind of uh, psychic driving uh, terrorist attacks, but the perps might might not have been the real perps. you know. So, hmm. uh, so when I write that about that in Prophet of Evil two. Not just 9/11, but some of these other strange events, too. Mm, mm. Interesting. So so what you're
0: saying is that there was a, a sort of a, a window of time between 2001 and 2008. Is that right? In which these it's, sort of were concentrated. That seems like it.
1: Yeah. Mm, mm. There were weird dates, too. There was, the I think, the coal bombing, which also was a attack. Supposedly that was placed on Bin Laden. That was the predicate, like, Bin Laden's a dangerous guy. He sent somebody out to attack the coal bombing. But that was also on a, a numeric numerologically significant date i have mm. to pull out profitably. it's been a while since i wrote that but i have to pull that up but once you see that pattern um it's hard to get away you know get away from it
0: mm. Mm.
1: but yeah they're there they're there i mean you can go through crowley stuff 77 that's uh, libra 77 it's mm. babylon you know half of babylon uniting uh male and female energy you know, it just goes on and on. So all that stuff is referenced through Crowley, at least. Yeah.
0: Well, it, Crowley is another case of a um, an impressive PR job, uh, Good dig- point. targeting the targeting the counterculture actually. Um, uh, and and Jason Horsley's uh, book Vice of Kings was the one that really woke me up to uh, Crowley's yeah the real seamy side of. Uh, you know even seemier than the one he presented to the the public um that you know this guy has managed to gain this reputation as being this kind of misunderstood eccentric uh when you know the the stuff that he actually writes about in his own diaries you know if half of it's true then Mm. there's something there's something much darker going on there you know so yeah, he's a very genius very
1: Yeah, I always laugh when people call him a dabbler. Like I always mm. just go, this is, no, he's not a dabbler. He's dedicated his whole life to this. Mm. He's totally done it. And 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 you're right, the countercultural through Leary here, yeah. Leary famously quoted him, you know, I'm carrying on the work of Alistair Crowley. In 60s and LSD and drugs, uh, Crowley was, uh, was he called it back, anholonium or whatever, but it was really peyote. So you can see that current, that connection, the counterculture and, and they had done a con job on him. he's a very nasty person yeah. hated women had a very terrible relation no relationship with his kids there's never like a story in his bio of like here's crowley hanging out with his kids. maybe ataturk the last one who ended up being uh, unwell mentally and you can read about ataturk crowley uh, this woman came and said have my baby and anyway you know one died Uh, And then the other just denied. Some denied that he uh, actually existed. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So you can see that kind of uh, selfishness. Not a good person. Branded women with a mark of the beast on their chest. All the Scarlet Women cast them aside. I think one of them ended up in like becoming a prostitute in Paris. So they did a good job and kind of. He's a liberator, and you know he's the liberator of humanity and teaching people about this and. The oppressiveness of christianity and all that stuff so hmm
0: mm. yes i mean influenced
1: people like kinsey you know who's yes. just a real monster total monster and uh yeah the imp- the impact is still reverberates you know to, to this day probably even through nine eleven, right just the magic the kind of ritual magic stuff that he did mm. probably influenced yeah i mean we can get into some of this uh, yeah, some of these people who—it's kind of funny here in the states. A lot of people are on the far right here. It's like the O.N.A. Actually, they nice. parade themselves as Christians, and the Christian, the evangelicals, lap it up. But they're ritual magicians, man. Who've been in tombs and had people urinate on them, been reborn. So uh it's it's it's, it's amazing. It really is amazing. I mean, people who go through the skull and bones—they've all been initiated.
0: Mm. Hmm. Well, the the ONA is uh, itself a whole kind of nexus of rabbit holes there that, um, yeah, the so the, the order of nine angles, which uh, I, I hadn't really been aware that they were still going. I'd remember, you know, maybe around 2009 coming across them on a kind of Wikipedia trawl of esoteric culture. You know, being kind of someone on the fringes of just, you know, trawling through Wikipedia, just going, oh, what's that? Never heard of that. That's interesting. And assuming that they were a kind of one of those 80s sort of passing fads and just thinking these guys are so far out that surely there can't be anyone who's actually going to bother to join them. But then you suddenly find, oh, they've got this massive international uh network now of literal terrorists and it's really quite disturbing the fbi is involved with them and ostensibly like you know trying to survey you know surveillance on them, basically helping them along And it's like oh wow right there's something else going on here very yeah very
1: profound the fbi they just found this one guy this year was getting over a hundred thousand dollars or had been getting a hundred thousand dollars through one of the nexians yeah, In South Carolina, that was the kind of, to me, it was one of the more prevalent ones that I found uh, was the, I can't remember now, but uh, I know the guy's name. And, and it led to a lot of these guys getting re- arrested here in the last year or so, getting convicted. So it is remarkable that they expanded out of this kind of small, this small group in in the 80s of, of the, the UK.
0: mm yeah, it was David Meyer, wasn't it? Was the, the the founder, and he's a he's quite a, a bizarre uh, character himself. He sort of looks like an eccentric country gentleman, uh, and uh, you know, was massive sort of extreme extreme right sort of neo-Nazi right.
1: uh,
0: character. Yeah. At some point, converted to Islam allegedly, but with. Right with 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 the o nine a it's it appears as though these sorts of this uh this front of the use of neo nazism is almost a kind of tactic in itself that it's it's less political and more a kind of like general let's go as far extreme as we possibly can whether it be neo nazism or you know uh islamist terrorism or anything that will destabilize society and cause disruption because the whole I- ideology as i understand it is you know uh it's kind of like burn everything down and right nihilism accelerationism,
1: yeah. accelerationism to put in their their ideal kind of fascist what they call the dark imperium eventually. Mm. they're influenced by a guy by the name of yaki and uh what's the guy the um the other guy who wrote the Decline of the West, Oswald Spengler. So they they have this kind of political implication or effect. But yeah, you're right. I think that these the ideology of the LNA, the core ideology, fits into hardcore violent neo Nazism and hardcore violent Islam. So yeah. that and you if you look in and kind of see the insight role concept where you're infiltrating and influencing groups from the O N A into these things, you can kind of see why that switch that my made from Nazism to uh, radical Islam wasn't that much of a switch because at the core level, it's about destruction and bringing in something else.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And and their reach is astonishing. Like they, you know, they have a, a, where was it? Um, I was reading about Croatia that they've, uh, Mm -hmm. they've infiltrated, uh, you know, certain churches in Croatia and political organizations, like just bland, Liberal globalist NGOs have got 09A members.
1: Right. <laughs> but, Russia, <laughs> Russia, yeah. there's a uh, Nexian in, in Sweden, there's some in Italy, Secundra, there's uh, many different little cells in the UK, US, uh, New York here. Uh, there's actually one in, in Texas, or was. They kind of pop up and go away, but um, the growth really is astonishing. Mm. And I think it's in the context of communications um kind of a nihilistic worldview that's becoming more prevalent mm, so i think the ona can kind of benefit from that uh loss of kind of social structures and things like that i think all yeah. the guys who were in on the here who got involved in Adam Waffen and, and some of the, that had some of the ona stuff were all you know internet uh trollers or guys who sat online a lot yeah Your uh your sound has cut out. Oh sorry for that. Sorry, no mistake. Go. The ONA's growth, I think Maya said they were at the third stage. So there was the kind of core stage of creating the ideology, then going out, uh and and proselytizing and then moving into kind of a more political thing. So and he was here in California actually, I think it was in two thousand six or seven talking to some locals here. So He's been around. I'm surprised that he's done on some watch list here in the States. But you don't know. People have said this is the Intel. I don't know. But they've definitely had the ideology has had its effect in real world events. Mm. No question. And you can see it in my book. So you can see these Adam Waffen guys doing crazy stuff. Mm. Uh, There's a guy Will Willem von Nudigem in Toronto uh, was arrested for stabbing somebody. Ethan Melser was just convicted, I think, here in New York of trying to set up his... Military unit, and there's been deaths in Russia. So you're seeing people who who've had this ideology influence them, you know, getting arrested and things
0: like that. It mm. really kind of speaks to uh, a level of uh, social isolation and kind of communal breakdown that that something like this could could catch on in such a huge way. I mean, relative to how extreme it is, you know that uh it, it's quite sad actually that um that that this is this is really a thing It's kind of like you know you've got the kind of edge lord sort of current uh uh that as my friend adam described it um you know the the the, the edge lord current is you know at uh, most of the time it's pretty much just trolling and humor and sort of satire and you know snarky a bit immature but uh you know w- when it when it gets into this this level uh, then it, it really speaks to something else going on in society, which is, you know, quite, quite alarming, really.
1: No, I, I think you're right. Isolation, I, probably COVID didn't help. Uh, people not having the same kind of <clears throat> social contacts that they used to and, you know, throw in some kind of low level. You're on the uh, Asperger's or whatever, your Spurg or what they call them online. Uh, and you can have some strange outcome. Like they just had a case that was associated kind of with a guy <clears throat> in the UK. I don't know if you've heard of the Daniel Hussein case. He was just convicted, I think, very recently in London. He was reading online this bold Be, Become a Living God, the founders of uh, yeah. uh, EA Coetting.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm and fine.
1: who Who wrote for this Nexian, apparently, according to one journalist. He wrote for that Nexian that was in South Carolina. Hussein's in. In the UK, writes about it. He follows this thing, makes a blood pact with this demon that EA Wedding recommends, and then slaughters these two girls with a knife in a in a park in Northwest London. And just got convicted. And they're not the the legal system there hasn't figured out what to do with sentencing because they can't figure out if he was fully 100% sane. Like, mm. how bad is his uh, Aspergers, or you know, how about how what's the proper punishment, proportional punishment? So. Mm. <clears throat> that's an. that's just one of the many cases I've watched, you know, and that's really a shame. So these two innocent girls got tied up with somebody who writes for the ONA mm. or was influenced by a guy who wrote for the Internet. Right? Mm. Hussein was influenced by e. Yeh Kowai. And right. e. Yeh Kowai, he got kicked off the Internet. I think he's off. His YouTube page is gone. And so there are consequences for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I was... Um... I was aware when E.A. coetting sort of first emerged, um, I think it was on the disinformation website that someone's writing a kind of, you know, uh, a critique of him. Uh, and it, it seemed like it all kind of blew up in his face uh, quite quickly, that guy. You know, he got I think he got busted for uh, weapons charges and drugs charges and things like that, didn't he? And then I, I don't know what's happened to him since, but
1: yeah. I don't know. I was actually in a kind of a conversation with him in 2010. Somebody set me up on some kind of con, you know, head to head, tate to tate, or whatever. But uh, it's interesting how I'm still re- researching that guy 2010, 12 years later. <clears throat> mm. But actually, there's kind of a tie into the ONA with uh, Eccles II or West Memphis III. One of the people he admired was a guy named Ford, who was outer head of the ONA. So apple mm. knows some of those people too, which is so there's weird overlapping pieces of my research that o n a and uh, West Memphis three has a little bit of connection to mm, mm yeah it does,
0: does seem like they're quite a kind of yeah nexus point of a lot of in very international very strange and dark events really you know uh oh uh, there's Ryan Fleming as well who's right. uh, yeah he was involved in a sort of neo-nazi group here in the uk national action yeah he's a very 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 dark character was done for various kinds of child grooming offenses and such like
1: and that is a kind of a strain within the ona is a lot of really crazy pornography and child pornography and child abuse and i think fleming at least he got i think he got arrested for Grooming a fourteen-year-old farm member. Have you ever seen his website? <clears throat> they have, he has all these weird ritual pictures of him with the dark gods from the O.N.A. There's blood on stuff. There's candles. It's all like outdoors. But I, I featured Fleming in my book because he. I think he's got at least arrested once. I think mm-hmm. he was in jail. But he, he was connected. Yeah, these people have connected. There was the outer head of the order is this kind of Mister mysterious female now at least she was recently, she's renounced the ONA, but they all have renounced the ONA, so you can't really, you don't know whether the, renunciation, the public renunciation is true, but I think Chloe was friends with him on some social media. Mm-hmm. So he had some kind of connection to the Outer Head. And I think he's kind of a, he seems to be kind of a true believer in that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he, his involvement in, and I think he wrote a book under Fake name, uh, A. A. Moraine, which was published by this Nexian out here in the states. So you see the global connection. A. A. Moraine, which I think is some land place up in northern uh, North UK, but he writes a lot about vampirism, and you see that kind of element there. And there's, I think, a picture of him in one of his guises. So he's a very, da- in my opinion, very dangerous, interesting uh, character. Fleming. Yeah. I think I don't think he's very old.
0: No, no, I think he's actually younger than me, as as I as I recall. Yeah, he's 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 not old. Yeah.
1: And that's and that's a very troubling thing too, because a lot of these guys getting arrested are in their teens, early twenties. Like they're kind of seeing this this seeding of these doctrines in very young people. I mean, hopefully they go right. You want them to renounce the stuff and go straight, go to the straight and narrow, but that might not be the case. That might not. Be yeah. That much that
0: well, exactly. As part of their modus operandi is to, uh, you know, act in secret. Uh, it's very difficult to tell when they've actually they claim they've renounced it and they've found, you know, they've gone to whatever it is Islam whatever. And what what does that really mean? You know, um, as an example, there there's a, the the group that uh, Fleming was part of, National Action. Um, there's a there's a photo of a of a young National Action activist putting up a sort of some some stickers as propaganda. And there's a a photo of the same guy uh, dressed in Islamic gear, putting up, you know, um, sort of extremist Islamist, Islamist sort of uh, propaganda. And, And, you know, I would be very surprised if somewhere along the way that the what some sort of intelligence agency isn't guiding or directing or kind of, you know, manipulating or using both uh In their own, and the whole thing just it glows it's you know o nine a is just like the glowiest bunch of glowies that ever glowed
1: you know what I mean? right no it's really true uh you you know it could be totally <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, I can talk to you about stuff online there's there's some stuff that I'm just not going to get involved in you know if the government is doing something it's not my job to expose that, but uh. Myatt was involved, I think it was Combat 18, which was definitely a Gladio stay-behind group. And he, I mean, that that is intel. That's full, like, right-wing intel. All those people who started that were CIA-connected, the Cirque types, you know. So what's Myatt doing there? And it's strange that he's never been arrested for anything because he had some connection to Copeland. There's no question that he had a connection to for people in the States is the London nail bomber who just destroyed a lot of people's lives, killed people. But uh, it was, I think the national, what was the name at that time? They changed, they changed their names a lot, but I think Myatt was the head of the national socialist movement, NSM. And I think that Copeland was part of that. So there's, there was connections. I don't know why Myatt got away with it. So there are questions there people always ask me that question is the is the ona intel and i said it might be it might have been forged in intel but the software has gotten out it's out <laughs> people are reading it you know i liken it to what is it to evil dead like the book in evil dead like what people re- start reading this ona stuff they go berserk so hmm. um whether it was forging it's very smart it's very clever i've re- I had the misfortune of reading a lot of different kind of occult man uh manuscripts crowley's very smart you know uh church of satan things like that the ona you know my you got to give my credit because these integrated a lot of different things in their druidism vampirism the whole you know possession thing dark gods Even the star game that he is very super complex. It's probably way too complex for the average intellect to actually partake in, I think. so. The the star game. So what is that? It's almost like you can look at it as like three dimensional chest. It's uh, different boards of black and white. And it's a means of communication, secret communication, like a cryptogram. And it goes through you have different symbols that move around on different parts of the map and those can be aligned in a certain way. So they can actually commute people who know how to play the star game. Can it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like their enigma, so to speak. Hmm. Uh, Yeah. But it's also, it works on different levels. It also works as training to learn the dark gods, to learn the constellations where those dark gods portals are. So it gets very, it's super complex. I mean, just studying the Star Game is like a—it's a challenge.
0: Mm, mm. So, so it's basically like a sort of, kind of like a chess board. Or, yeah, it's like yeah. a chess
1: board. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just black and white squares. I don't remember the dimensions offhand, but you have multiple chess boards that interrelate with each other. So you're supposed to place them in certain th- ways, and then the, when you change the piece on the board, you get a different. Uh, reading. Hmm. So I have to go back and reread that, but it's in my book. You can see it in Global Death Calls. I mentioned it, hmm. but I've never, I've seen it mentioned in the ONA literature, but any ONA member, I've never heard them use that. I never see them using it. It's too complex or something, but it may be something in their personal inner, you know, their inner tradition. Like they, they definitely state that a lot of some of the stuff is transmitted orally it's transmitted a-u-r-a-l-l-y so some of the inner doctrines not everything's not all written i think it's the same way in the OTO. certain things mm-hmm. are not written down they're just tra- transmitted verbally mm-hmm. and that was, there may be something about the stargate too maybe they are using it i don't know i couldn't see anything online right. but uh, you know the members rank and file members are using
0: right interesting yeah uh, th- th- this is all stuff that it, it it's so uh multifaceted that that one topic alone that you know that there's even my kind of you know uh sort of research that I've done so far is a is not even a you know one iota of a, of the kind of the, the the full extent of what's really going on there you know and, and it would make perfect sense that There are, um, you know, esoteric aspects to it that they don't reveal to the public, which is kind of pretty, pretty worrying, considering the stuff that they do reveal to the public. Uh, (laughs) Or or that's out there. Yeah,
1: I don't think they could get it out. I don't think they could it could prevent the whole thing about offers and selecting or sacrificing coin Mm. because it's such a core doctrine. So that's easy to read. But yeah. There's clearly other things like, I mean, there's, yeah. I've seen some of their websites have smiley faces. Igor Sarsky's discovered that. So why is the smiley face associated with them, with Acid House Music, with Temple of Psychic Youth, Alan Moore? You know, what are they using this for, right? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot there. Have you watched um, Ed Sheeran's music video, Bad Habits?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Yeah, actually. check it out. It's it's a full symbolic representation of ONA ideology. It's all there. <laughs> wow, that is a that's a possession, <laughs> late night, vampirism, uh wa- walking with the squad like a Nexian, all moving right. together. It's really incredible. Watch it. Watch it with like the knowledge Oh, you're watching somebody trying to teach you about the ONA, and you'll be like, this is incredible. And when he right. wakes up, when the sun comes up, he becomes himself. Uh-huh. So, and all that stuff, like, go go read Fleming's stuff about him going at night, traveling to a different city. Go read Fleming's material. His books are available online. I think you can find them on, uh, oh, what's that site? They're around. Like, I've read through his stuff. I know that he knows a lot for his young age. Mm.
0: Mm. Oh, that's, that's, um, yeah, that's a turn up uh hearing that about ed sheeran's video i i in a way i'm not surprised i always thought his uh his music kind of had a <laughs> uh, have you uh, heard of the definitely.
1: band uh bring me the horizon
0: yes yes i know Total i know ona
1: influenced as well occult influenced bring that me the makes, Horizon's makes like sense. right out of kind of ona stuff so the horizon comes in the morning right the sun comes up hmm. so that means they're out at night even the title of their stuff means they're doing something at night to me that's what it implies and they've worked with uh Sheeran. so they know right. they know each other right uh, bad habits has 395 million views right now right yeah you can go watch that
0: <clears throat> wow I, I mean bring me the horizon of just a the lead singer of that band is just a, a really really sketchy unpleasant individual i believe he was uh accused of having uh, urinated on a fan and throwing a bottle of whiskey at her head or something nice. like that because of uh, she rejected it in one of his advances. He's a really, really creepy, uh, unpleasant character. I'd never really understood why they were as popular as they were, as well. Because, I mean, you know, their music's quite relatively quite extreme to be hanging out with someone like Ed Sheeran, uh, so th- there was always something, you know. They, used to they've sort of Crowley's um, Crowley's. Yeah, paper. they use a
1: universal hexagram. That's Crowley's.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, um, you know, so. And there's
1: songs, I think one of the songs when I was researching them was Nihilism Blues. So yeah. that nihilism is very much prevalent in kind of the occult these days. Maybe not as much in the past. I mean, there's Nietzscheism and stuff. Nietzsche clearly influenced the Book of the Law. According to my, actually actually wrote about that a lot. Mm. But so that nihilism is around. Yeah. Mm, mm. And he's tatted up. Uh, I mean the guy's I don't I forgot his name, but
0: yeah. Yeah, I can't remember his name either. But, yeah, yeah,
1: go read those connections, they're there. So it's uh some people in this in the culture are exposing it. I mean we can talk there's some names I won't mention online, but there's very fairly well-known intellectuals in the UK who know about ONA. <clears throat> I mean, people you could look up, yeah. I'll tell you offline, but okay yeah i mean but you all you when you see those different things nihilism, accelerationism yes um, occultism or esotericism, and some of these thinkers you can kind of you can see the, the intellectual genealogy of the, his, the intellectual history of where they're getting some of their ideas comes yeah. through o and a
0: yes I, I can i can see that and one of the things that strikes me is that there's a a really fascinating um blurring of the boundaries between um, you know, what would be called extreme right ideology, but also kind of extreme left, sort of woke, what is now called extreme left, woke ideology as well. And th- that that's really uh, well illustrated in the case of the Satanic Temple and Lucian Greaves, which is a really interesting kind of topic in itself. I would, wouldn't be surprised from what you're telling me if that there isn't some uh, that there, there would be some sort of connection there to that ONA scene as well. But um, they seem to be very clever at marketing their ideology towards, you know, sort of the kind of rainbow
1: flag. Rainbow warrior, squad, right, I
0: mean, right, right. Yeah, the sort of like the kind of social justice warrior crew.
1: But you, it is interesting, the far right and left, that you bring that up because they want to annihilate their enemies, right? So the left really wants to, you know, turn to Ash, anybody who disagrees with them they are very strident in their thing they operate as a a cohesive group uh yeah there's a lot of similarities between much more similarities than you might think i think a person might
0: think oh definitely yeah no I, i i wouldn't be surprised if there is some you know um contemporary woke activists in 10 years time have sort of flipped over to the far right and Hey, maybe maybe vice versa as well. But yeah, with with someone like Lucian Greaves, you know, his background with flirtations with far right activism himself. But um, now he's, you know, paraded by vice media as being, you know, this kind of uh, uh, face of woke Satanism. That's, you know, not Satanism, apparently, because it's not a religion, but it is sort of, you know, that
1: kind of. Well, uh, he's not consistent. I mean, I think. Like he says, they're not praying to a, a literal being or something, but then they want to have prayer into into schools, right? Mm. So if you're not praying, why are you praying to anybody? What are you praying yeah. to? An ideology? Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't quite make sense. Yeah. yeah. But it is interesting. I mean, I was surprised to learn after research, researching the LNA of the cross pollination and fertilization in the modern occult movements. My, it's, sending stuff to the Temple of Set, literally talking to Michael Aquino. They know each other. He's saying they're not satanic enough. They're mocking him. They reveal him, as, according to the Temple of Set, that he is Anton Long, that Maya is Long, and also Stephen Brown. So they expose the pseudonyms. And then he says, well, he doesn't actually deny it. It's kind of interesting. Like Maya doesn't put out a general denial. He says, well, I just don't want to mix my satanic career with my professional career. So that's what I do. Like, so he almost like tacitly admits that he's both long and Brown in my opinion. Hmm. But uh, <clears throat> yeah. So you learn that these guys are, you know, they're cross pollinating. I wouldn't be surprised. I haven't researched the temple of Satan enough to know their ideology and ideological. I think that Lucian Greaves, that's not his real name. Didn't he go to a reputable college? I th- Maybe I'm wrong thought he was trained somewhere i wouldn't be surprised yeah it sounds
0: sounds familiar that he has some sort of background in law or something like that and i know he's gone after um people who've been trying to talk about um ritual abuse and you know and speak out for people who've who've survived
1: that and that happens. I've I've written about ritual abuse. There's a case there in the UK of kids being in, in Crowley. It was Crowley kind of religion. I forgot the guy's name, but I've I wrote about them and children of the beast. Um, but there also is a similarity between the far left and the far right, at least in the O.N.A., which is uh abrogation of conventional morality, right? Like these guys, like the far left, are, like their sex, like that's part of it. Is their Sex, gender fluidity and stuff like that. And then on the far right of the ONA, it's like, you can do whatever you want. You can rape kids, pedophilia, be gay. So I mean, in a lot of... There, there was a... Uh, I'm not going to mention the journalist name, but he went through some of these guys' backgrounds on, on the far right here in Adam Waffen, and they were not like the conventional macho... Like, some of these guys were... One guy was dating a transsexual, another guy was gay, and not... and had some kind of relationship with a non-white person using total violation of like the racial code of the right, which is, I think is really funny, but like they got exposed, they got exposed Mm. for not, not, not being uh, as, you know, traditionally trad macho or whatever. So yeah, that's, I think, similarity on the far right and the far left too. Mm, mm.
0: Well, it's that um, Jung had this phrase, an anti of, um, you follow something far enough to a certain extent, you end up flipping over into the opposite. And yeah, this is something that seems to be happening quite a lot these days. Is people get so extreme that you know they end up, you know, basically becoming the opposite, like the anti-far becoming the fascists, and you know,
1: right. And it's fascistic. I mean, there's a lot of fascism on the left. They they always are pointing at the right. I'm like, yeah, you guys have a mirror. But it is interesting because I think that Maya does mention. And anti-dromia. I think he, it's in one of his writings. Mm, interesting. I think he was influenced by Jung, actually. I think he's done a, like, a lot of Young research. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it is interesting because the ONA is, is the, the ideology is kind of like, it's part of the kind of uh, psychosphere, the kind of topography of this new modernism. The new third millennium modernism, hmm. nihilistic, technologically astute, um, fascist, fascistic in a way. I think that there, there's there's something like a like what's it's like the it bleeds in, but it went in, but it also comes out. Like they're also being, I think, being influenced by the the social political environment, right? Hmm. If that makes sense at all.
0: Yeah, I can I can definitely see that, that there is a, a real feedback going on there that, yeah, you know, they're putting stuff out, seeing what what people respond to um, and then, you know, kind of feeding back from that, taking taking in influences from, you know, whatever it is, 4chan meme culture, you know, that kind of edge lord uh, current and taking that stuff and then taking to an extent that most of those guys on 4chan would 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 stop away before there, you know, and they'd be like, hey, guys, maybe we're just kind of joking around here, but maybe we don't want to go quite that far. But these guys are, you know, they, they're they taking it to an extent and also mixing it in with, you know, very strange kind of, you know, traditionally left-wing ideologies, like so, sort of extreme sexual liberation that you get a lot of that kind of idea coming through Crowley and Kinsey as well, as you say, in that sort of current, yeah. Mm.
1: No restrictions, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's very, very curious. There's like, there's definitely, I think that the new environment allows for much more fringe groups. The ONA was super fringe, still fringe, but it allows for, like, I mean, I think that there's so many different communities, even like in video games, like, Mm. just the the, the cult is like the new, is kind of like that too, where, you can almost adapt you you can almost be a very small group uh, and and still have co- some kind of cohesion because of the technology so my point is is like there's so many different little variations and all these the Sonnenkrieg, Creek, Fewer Adam Waffen, how they grow up and start their own little groups and still have a kind of an influence you know and and there I think the saw I think it was Fewer Sonic and Krieg, there were two ones, but this guy, he was like threatening people and making, um, making banners that insulted the uh, miscegenation of Prince, it? Uh, Prince was Prince. What's well, the the ones who moved to the U.S. What were their names? Oh, uh,
0: Prince remember. Harry and Meghan. Mark. Yeah, yeah. Harry and
1: Meghan. Yeah. So that's kind of a small. Small. I don't think they were very, very big, but they had an impact and they got banned. I think they got banned. Like they had a. What it called, not a protective order what are they called in the uk and a restraining order restraining or something like something that where like yeah. you can't be a member like the moment you become a right. member you get a 10-year 10 10-year 10 sentence i think that would they were banned in the uk too it was actually interesting because i'm not sorry not banned in the uk Banned in australia australia banned a bunch of radical um muslim groups and then sonic creek got slid in there so they're in there with the radical muslims just like the ona would want you know it's very interesting that was recent i think sonic creek got banned than the last one or two years but my point getting back to my point is i think that there's a lot more you're going to see a lot more strange fringe groups that have odd Ideas that are a mishmash of other ideas like that bleed over somebody's. And that was actually the idea of Maya originally, is that he didn't want to have a central ideology. He wanted to have a corpus of knowledge that anybody could take from. So mm-hmm. there isn't that kind of rigidity within the ideology of the ONA, like this is what you have to do. If you want to go up the septenary way, you have to go up to seven steps. But, and that's where that was originally rigid in the original thing. But the way he thought about it, he had weird terms for these people who didn't join the ONA but were practicing its its creeds, its mm. credo. It's called I can't remember right now. It was um they have these weird names like Belobians, like it's a classic cult, cult environment where they had their own terminology for all this stuff, you know. Mm. But they had like they called them belobians, and they just have these weird internal I'd have to go back to the book right here. But they I mean it is interesting. So like Crowley would want you, like you rigidly are a part of the OTO you pay your membership dues, but that wasn't the con that wasn't the original concepts of, of uh, Maya. Mm. It was just to put out and put out all these ideas. You know? Yeah. Let's see, um, like uh, there's just so much. Yeah. And they're clearly using encryption, like some of the stuff that she's that the girl Chloe's put out, they have a PGP key, you know, so mm. there's encrypted communications taking place with this group too. Another another element of their secrecy and ability to communicate, you know, yeah. all over the world.
0: Yeah, real <clears throat> happiness, yeah. So it's been great to talk to you, William. Uh what are you we're currently researching what can we uh, what can we look forward to you from you next
1: i've been busy just kind of working on different projects uh i just passed over 700 inter- different interviews on my podcast podcast, william ramsey investigates so you can go back and look at that on and i did that uh talk with christopher knowles I have many talks about the O.N.A. eager sarsky's done a lot of research i just reposted all three of my interviews with him on in a row Uh, recently within the last month and um, five of my documentaries are on Vimeo my books you can buy through William Ramsey Investigates or on Amazon and I said I was trying to get three books done this year I don't know if it's going to happen or not but uh, I'm not just working on that so I'm I'm definitely trying to get some stuff done and out but uh, keeping busy
0: Fantastic well keep up the good work Uh, great to talk to you and uh, have a great day Hope to speak Luke, soon. Thanks
1: so much. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye now. Can you send me?